Betches Media presents. I like beer. I don't know if you do. Okay. Do you like beer, Senator, or not? Uh, my party is going bat crazy. Ah! You're the pop. It's alternative facts. Oh, goodness. The Betches Sup Podcast. America! Hello, and welcome to a special bonus episode of the Betches Sup Podcast. I'm Sammy. I'm Brian. And we are here with the editorial campaigns director of Purpose, Marissa Cabus, who you may remember from our Crush the Midterms episode before the midterms. I'm so excited to be back, and I'm so excited the midterms are over. Yeah, me too. (laughs) And that the result was generally one that we like. Yeah, I felt good about it. Really yeah. good about it. Well, I, re- I remember sitting here in like a panic the last mm-hmm. time and not really knowing what was about to come. And I'm still sitting here in a panic. I know. I still have 2016 PTSD to it's this day. It's never going to go away. Um, we're going to be like 85 years old telling our grandkids or great whatever. Go, wow. You know what? There aren't going to be any grandkids because we're all going to die off this earth. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Sorry. That's not That's true. the spirit. Yeah. That's, that's the spirit we're bringing <laughs> so to this. give up. No, just no. kidding. This is... Okay, what I just said is the opposite of the purpose of this new series that we want to introduce you guys to. So a lot of you have been asking in the influencer way how you can get more involved in causes that you feel passionately about. Mm-hmm. So what we did is that we wanted that actually, so Marissa and I kind of discussed this and because she does work for an activist organization, we want to have Marissa on to talk about ways that you can actually get involved in really impactful ways in whatever it is you care about. And we're calling this bonus series, Let's Fucking Do It. Yeah. Let's, let's fucking do let's it. Let's fucking do it. Yeah. Because it's <laughs> what we're going to fucking do. Okay. Not like Nike, though, because we're going to go do it. Well, you know what? Nike doesn't. Right. We're, we're doing it already. We don't have to be told to be do done. it. Yeah. We're, we're, we're already done. We already decided we're doing it. Look, if Nike to wants to sponsor this series, we <laughs> might take the curse out for you guys. But. Yeah. We'll say freaking. There's a price. Yeah. <laughs> And that price is having Colin Kaepernick on the podcast. Yeah. Yes. Um, so the, for, what are we discussing in our first uh, episode of this new bonus series? Marissa brought a lot of info. Yeah. I, all I, surrounding. I brought a packet of info. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the thing that's on everyone's mind right now is the 2020 presidential election. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it feels so far away because, in fact, dear listener, it is far away. <laughs> However, there's still a lot that you can do already starting today. Um, so I really wanted to kind of go through who the players are right now, um, how you can get involved with them directly or indirectly, and why you shouldn't delay another day. Mm-hmm. Great. And what to expect coming up and when, because yes. I feel like the primary is like this forever thing that sort of s- doesn't have a clear start date, doesn't the end date, yeah. I guess, is the is the convention. But like, you know, usually before yeah. that, who the it's, nominee will it's be. It's a marathon. It is. It's a marathon, but you also have to be sprinting at the same time. (laughs) It's a marathon where you may not get a medal at the end. (laughs) You might just just get right to the end and like you're done. Yeah. Like you don't even get to be happy with the result. Or you could be the fastest runner and still lose. Uh, True. Yeah. Wow. So it's really in no way is a marathon. (laughs) But it's more just like a long slog towards potential death. And You're uh, in a real autocracy. dark place today. <laughs> I'm really like not. I'm kind of in a good mood, but I don't know. Maybe that's why you you can speak darkly because you're in a good mood. Like I listen to depressed music when I'm happy. Right? Do you? Yeah, because then I can't. If I'm li- if I'm listening to depressed music when I'm sad, then I'm just more depressed. Right. That's the point. Yeah, but I don't like that. <laughs> okay. Well, you're saying you want to be happy. Yeah, I'll listen that's to like weird. rap and pop music. But anyways. Okay. Cool. Sidebar. So let's. Okay. Great. I I agree. We're all we're all we're all hoping for the best. Mm-hmm. 
expecting the worst. <laughs> but like, okay, with a healthy understanding right. that the worst is possible. Right. But because it <laughs> right, right, right. But because it hasn't happened, no surprises like in 2016. But because it hasn't happened yet, it's somewhat in our control. And that I think feels better than anticipating the worst or the best because right now is the this is the time. This is the time when like what you do might actually potentially have an impact. After the election or after the primary is over, nothing that like we do can really do anything. Yeah, so. and, and you don't have much of a choice after the primaries are over and mm-hmm. the convention happens. Like you have a choice between two candidates, but why not get involved now, become really informed activist, and then help manifest what you want into the world? Yeah, exactly. So, what is like the first thing we should be paying attention to in this so Democratic primary? I think, um, as Sammy mentioned, it feels like so far away. Like, when does it end? When does it start? I think it's really important to like ground yourself in some important upcoming dates. Okay, and um, get your calendars out, everyone. <laughs> um, so, so think of it this way. The, the first Democratic debate where they all get up on stage and yell at each other is probably going to happen in June of this year. So that's not that far away. No. I mean, we're going to start getting into the nitty gritty in a matter of a few months. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of like the most immediate thing that we can look forward to. Um, but the very first primary is not till next February, February 3rd in Iowa. It's like a year. So a year, a little, a little less than a year. We're getting into primary mode and then it's quickly followed by New Hampshire and Nevada and South Carolina. All in February of 2020. Yes. Okay. So basically right now we have like this sort of six month period. Let's say it started the beginning of January because that's when Elizabeth Warren like got out there. Mm -hmm. So we have this six month period between now and the, the debates start. Yes. When they're all lined up next to each other in like a very clear comparative way. Yes. So we have about six months where they're all getting into the race Mm -hmm. and we're paying attention to who's there, how they're announcing what they're doing. Yeah. Then we have about six ish more months until the first primary actually happens. And it's and it's state by state. So you have basically seven ish months of like of direct comparison. Once everyone's in the race you know who who the options are and then they're actually like communicating with each other and you can really look at them side by side. Yeah. And people will start to drop out at that yeah. point as they see the results of the primaries coming in yeah. and the, the field will naturally start to narrow at that point. Um, so with the first debate, how do they decide who is in the debate and who like how many people there will be? Because um, it's such a crowded democratic field we can't have 20 people on stage debating i'm not exactly sure how they're planning on on figuring out who gets sort of first dibs on like the main stage i think i'd heard something about there being two debates splitting the group in half but if you look at the republican debates of 2016 they had I, i think there was one debate with like 15 people on stage and they looked like idiots so i'm not looking forward to us looking like that yeah (laughs) no i i don't think that's a good look for anyone and i don't think anyone can really show their best game because Mm -hmm. either you get an applause line for like yelling at someone or like saying something really snarky or if you're just being normal you're not gonna rise above the kind of drama of the moment right you probably get a total of five minutes of screen time max max yeah especially when there's so many people but okay just before so they're going to have these debates what i heard that they're doing is i that they're splitting them but that there's not like a hard qualification for who's in what like it might just kind of be random Mm -hmm. which is i think probably a good thing i think because then people who are less like 
name recognized, I guess, will have a chance. Yeah, and, um, I think and we hope that's the case in everyone except for Tulsi Gabbard. <laughs> <laughs> and like none for Tulsi Gabbard. We'll talk. We'll talk. We'll are going to get to her because I. You anyone, have feelings. <laughs> I have feelings. And if anyone listening to this fucking podcast supports Tulsi Gabbard, just just you hear. Here's you the, hear me first. <laughs> here's the good thing about Tulsi Gabbard. She's done actually nothing to convince anyone to vote for her at this point. Like she hasn't gone to any important swing stage. She, she hasn't doesn't need to do that. She has a bot farm behind her probably. <laughs> well, I'm not going to suggest that Tulsi Gabbard is potentially being backed by Russia or other dictators, but but you're not not going to suggest it. No, I'm not going to suggest it. <laughs> Just not. Noted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But in the congressional record. Yeah. Exactly. So, now that we know that we will be kind of listening to everyone come out, make their little like, you know, they're, they're going out into their wedding and they're running onto the dance floor and like, they're like, here I am. This is what I have to offer. This is how fun my wedding is going to be. <laughs> I don't know why that was like the analogy I just thought of, like someone making a grand entrance. Um, so that's what they're doing for the next like few months. Then we start, states actually start voting in their primaries or their caucus next, next year. Yes. So let's talk about who has emerged so far. So it's already a really crowded field Mm -hmm. um, and it's a mixture of big names and people that you may not have heard of. And I think it's really important to also pay attention to the people you may not have heard of at this point because this is America and Mm -hmm. anyone above the age of 35 can run for president. And we didn't really (laughs) not many people knew Barack Obama before he ran for president in 2008. Exactly. So. You never know who's going to come up. So there are the big names, like you mentioned Elizabeth Warren and um, New York's own Senator Gillibrand, Bernie Sanders, Cory Booker, Kamala Harris, Amy Klobuchar. They're all senators, which is really unusual to have so many members of the same party in the same chamber running. It's so like half the Democrats in the Senate. And they're <laughs> all like really good friends. They, right. They're yeah. really good friends, which could make for a nice primary. Is that true? Do we really think they're good friends? I've heard that uh, Kirsten Gillibrand and Cory Booker are BFFs. Oh, really? Yes. That makes sense. That does make sense to Two me. people I'm not voting for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're united in that fact. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, we're never going to yeah. get Sammy on board. It's not worth it. Let's just... It's a just, constituency. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and... It's interesting because ideologically, there's not a ton separating them. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're really in the weeds of it, yes, there are ideological differences, which I'll get to. But they're, for the most part, quite a progressive group of senators. And they're they're really all about proving how progressive they are, especially as compared to Trump. Yeah. And then we have a bunch of other non-senators, including um, Julian Castro. He was the mayor of San Antonio and the HUD secretary, um, housing and urban development, for those who don't know, under Obama. Um, he also has an identical twin brother who is a congressman, mm-hmm. Joaquin. Yeah. So, well, what I'm curious about is why is Julian like the more advanced in terms of his political aspirations and Joaquin isn't? Maybe he just likes... He's, he, he, maybe he's just a harder worker, works harder. May- maybe he wants to be president and like... His brother doesn't. His brother doesn't. Yeah, he just might have that aspiration. Or maybe he's always been, you know, the overachieving one, and then this one just gets left behind yet again. But he's in not Congress, so it's not like he's like that far behind. Okay, well, like you're op- when your yeah. bar is so high, That's you're true. still. Getting, but we have one guy running for president. The the lesser twin can only be in Congress. <laughs> yeah. There can only be one. <laughs> I also wonder if it's he worked for President Obama, so mm-hmm. he's he's been in that life. He's yeah. the Obama halo. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And and he could have run for Senate 
senator or stayed in Texas politics, but he chose to join the cabinet. Mm. Right. Also, he's not like, look, he's not like the front runner. Not he's just all. a guy who decided like there's a million people like him who could good, have been like, good I'm going to run. Candidate. Great, great. He'd be a good VP. He was floated in 2016 for Hillary as well. Mm -hmm. That's probably Uh, why he's running for president. I'm a fan. I'm going to say I'm a fan. I I think he has a lot of work to do, but I wouldn't write him off just yet. It's it's a long year ahead. Right. Um, And then we have some other people that you may not have heard of. Um, There's, I I always butcher his name. Um, They call him Mayor Pete. Mayor Pete. But but yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I happen to love this guy. <laughs> yeah, I, he's I don't want to like. I don't want to be too serious about it. But I think this guy's great. I don't know if he can make it. He's the first openly gay man running for a major political party for president, and he's a former vet. But it's just so unfortunate that the word "butt" is in his last name. I know. <laughs> I know. You know. You know what kind of nickname he's gonna get? Oh, poor guy. But, but you know what? But. You know what? Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe I could see a world like I could conceive of a world in which all of that sort of plays to his advantage, and he yeah. has this like meteoric rise, if of, like he, the if, small yeah. guy who you never expected. I do think he kind of has that swagger about him, uh-huh. like like he's so like relatable and real that like you could almost see people gravitating yeah. towards him. I would love him to make a butt joke in his like first public. Let's yeah. just like oh. recognize it. Like <laughs> so, because like he's just like I addressed it. It's my thing. Oh, right. right. Now yeah. mo- let's move on. Right. I do see him as having potential. Again, I wouldn't put the I wouldn't bet money on it yeah. but like i do see a world in which like this could work and he's the mayor of south bend indiana and he, so that's mike pence's home state indiana mm. battle battle of indiana who really represents the state he's like yeah, a real wow. guy yeah i could see like a musical being written about this guy <laughs> called mayor, <laughs> mayor pete, pete. <laughs> <laughs> that, and like after he's president it's like you never would have thought but yeah. anything could happen yeah. like i hear the songs already and like, the, the opening number is him packing his bags and arriving in DC, yeah, like right. I've arrived, and he has to like he has to like meet all these people, and they're like, "How do you pronounce your name again?" But buddy, but a gag. Oh God! <laughs> but all that said, Mayor Pete's awesome. Yeah, yeah don't no, sleep is, on him. Don't sleep on Mayor Pete. And then there's uh, she who must not be named Tulsi Gabbard, not a Russian <laughs> asset. Yeah, um, not not. And then Congressman John Delaney from Maryland, who. Poor guy. No one's really, really talking about that. Right. Uh, he's he's there. <laughs> I don't think. Well, okay. We already had one guy like drop in and drop out. This is yeah. gonna. He's next. Yeah. I don't even remember who the other guy was. Uh, the, Michael Avenatti. No, well, I'm kidding. <laughs> that was <never> formalized. <laughs> um, the guy from West Virginia. Yes. Yes. I don't remember his name. Uh, I should remember his name, but it's just not. It's there's escaping. too many names. There's right. too many names right now. Um, and then, of course, they're still mulling over their candidacies. Former Vice President Joe Biden and Beto O'Rourke. I don't need to explain who Wh- that is. What's with the men getting in last? Like, oh, you ladies first. I think because they neither of them really need the name rec- they have name recognition they don't need to like build up their profile like because i feel like the, the, the quicker they announce the quicker they'll be criticized true right what do you think i i feel i feel that's true for biden mm-hmm. because he was the vice freaking president yeah. like he doesn't have anything to prove he's been in the senate for decades yeah yeah he he knows this this system um with beto i think he's sort of miscalculating the situation and i think he's he needs w- to he's go waited. sooner too long at this point he should have announced when he had that el paso rally no but that el paso rally was good as not an announcement actually yeah i i thought that that like played really well he should have announced like 
now. He should be announcing today. Yeah. Like, basically. Well, it's so crazy because Elizabeth Warren announced on New Year's Eve, extreme power move, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, I can upstage the ball. Yeah. <laughs> but she was only announcing her exploratory committee. Okay. <laughs> um, and at that point, I was like, it's so early. Yeah. And now it's like barely two months later. And I'm like, you know, wake up, buddy. Yeah, okay. I know. Right. <laughs> it's like, you don't know when everyone else is going to go. His name is like, recognition is going down, I think. Yeah, um, and he didn't win his election, so it's right. not like he has anything Here's, to rest on right now. He, as much as I love Beto, I don't think that losing to the most hated man in America, Ted Cruz, really, like, you gave Donald Trump his line. Yeah. Like, you lost to Ted Cruz, who everyone hates. Like, and he would say that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I, I think sucks, that, but yeah, he, he doesn't he had have a enough wave. experience either. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, like, he really doesn't have enough experience to, I think, like... To overcome that, you lost a Ted Cruz fact. Yeah, I think he is. He raised an enormous amount of money, and it's so much of it is about fundraising, especially from small donors, which is the thing this cycle. And um, it's not that he can't get in the race still; like he still definitely has an opening. But and he has an army of people who will go out there for him, which is also like a pretty amazing thing to have in your back pocket. Mm-hmm. So I'm very cur- like I'm closely watching where he goes next. Um, I, I have no prediction of what he'll do. Like I feel like he could go either way. Do you have any opinion advice. on what Joe Biden might do? Um, I think his ego is too big to sit it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Like he, he's like, this is literally my last chance on yeah. earth to do this. People are saying he Same might run. Same could be said of Bernie. Yeah. People are saying Joe Biden may run um, and say he's only going to do one term. Okay, but like but that like, sounds like you're not committed. I don't know. But, yeah, that's true. That's like, what, that's like, like that saying like good. I'm just coming to the recep the the ceremony and not the reception. <laughs> right, this yeah. is a wedding. Keep going with the wedding <laughs> analogy. The election is a wedding. It yeah. is. Yeah. It is a wedding. And, and the reason I'm not coming to the reception is because I might die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long cocktail hour, guys. It is, yeah. <laughs> um. And well, I know that he's also like dealing with the fact that when his son was dying, he was like, "Please run for president." Like, I can't imagine that kind of pressure that feels like. Okay. But like, that's just, of course, dad run for president. Like, you know what I mean? That, that, I don't think that that should really guide your, just like your decision. I don't True. know. Maybe that's insensitive of me, but like, just cause your son said that doesn't mean that like, like look around, yeah. feel the room. Yeah. Read Take the, room. the temperature. But you know, all those <laughs> polls, like, I mean, early polls don't really mean anything in 2007, 2006, like John Edwards was leading. Um, but Joe Biden is like vastly above people who could potentially beat Trump in all, most of the polls. Yeah, he's leading right. yeah. every poll. Mm-hmm. Which because is, everyone knows him because he was the vice president guy. Which is why and it's he's so important to start now thinking about like who you could actually pull for and who like deserves your money, your time, like who you should really be throwing your weight around. So that 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 was my question. Because okay, I think there's obviously this perpetual issue of like the person who would do the best in the primary won't necessarily do the best in the general election. So I guess we're wondering if you have any thoughts on like the dissonance there between what might have, what you think will happen in the primary versus like what should happen in the election. I'm a big believer in picking the candidate 
who you actually genuinely believe in and not picking them because of some hypothetical. So romantic of you. Mm -hmm. I know. I know. Even after everything we've been through, I'm still sort of an idealist. And and you're too young. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so young. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I can't believe college was yesterday. Um, (laughs) I just graduated high school. I'm just moving into the big city. (laughs) No, my, my 10 year college court, my college anniversary, 10 years is coming up. Same. Yeah. Oh no, that was in two more years. Sorry. <laughs> Wait, when you started college or when you graduated? Oh, okay. Yeah. No. Okay, so we're we're getting there. Yeah, we're getting there. <laughs> I've, I've learned young. a lot, but I mean, I remember standing outside the White House when Obama got elected in 2008. Um, I went to school up the street, so it was just like a big party, and I remember that feeling of like genuine excitement about who is about to be president. And there's no reason we can't feel that again. And yeah. I, I personally, like, I'm not going to... There's no f- reason you can't love again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Open your heart to someone new. But I mean, it really is like starting a new relationship. Mm-hmm. We're a little under a year from the first primary. And if you're going to lock in with a candidate, it's like you are going to be really close to this person that you don't actually know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're going to care about their every move and track where they go and send them money. <laughs> Which is why I really hope it's not Bernie Sanders. Just saying. But <laughs> it's been a long day since he announced. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. I'm wondering. I'm wondering about your thoughts on his candidacy. I feel like it's the most polarizing one. It's so. And polarizing. I think there's a lot of bots on Twitter also <laughs> backing his candidacy. The, Just and the polarization of it. it. Right. But like, why? Why? I I think there's something afoot or a whatever the word is. There's something. A miss is right. A miss. Yeah. There's something a miss about the support that Bernie gets. I believe a lot of it's real, as you can tell by his fundraising. He raised over six million million in 24 hours, which is crazy. crazy. But again, his demographic has money. It's like kind of these like middle-ish class white guys who are college educated, who have a little bit of extra money, who are used to being represented in government and used to flexing their power with their money. So it makes sense that he, he also has a huge name recognition. So it makes a ton of sense that he would have raised the most money. And he was already a presidential candidate. Yeah. Like he's yeah. done this before. Mm-hmm. Right. He has a mailing list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A bit. Yeah. A presidential sized mailing list. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, I, I, I'm trying to be very careful about how I approach Bernie's candidacy because I certainly have the scars of 2016. I supported Hillary, not unequivocally, but she was my candidate. I voted Mm -hmm. for her in the primary and I was not a Bernie supporter and I saw how polarizing it was. But um, there was a really interesting piece in The Guardian this week um, by Moira Donegan and she was talking about how this time around, it's not just a choice between a woman and someone who Uh, represents these sort of like democratic socialist ideas. We have people that are ideologically in the middle of those two things. It's not corporate feminism versus democratic socialism. Mm -hmm. And so... um, such a clear way. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, Yeah, I thought it was... It really, really spoke Mm -hmm. to me and it made me feel 
um, a little bit more at peace with it. I mm-hmm. mean, I think I agree with so much of what the Democratic Socialist platform presents, but yeah. in practice, I find myself kind of turning away from it because I think it's it's I like the messages, I just don't like the messenger. And so I actually posed this question on Twitter the other day, and I was a little afraid because whenever you weigh into anything Democratic Socialism, it's just like you know duck and cover. Um, but oh, I, I know what you're talking about. I, I asked, can you support Democratic Socialism? in America but not be a Bernie supporter Mm -hmm. and I got so many thoughtful responses of people like yeah that's me Mm -hmm. yeah right but that's that I think is a lot of women Mm -hmm. I think it's and I think it's a lot of people who are not as vocal like the one thing about the Bernie bro the Bernie constituency is that it's loud as fuck they never shut the fuck up (laughs) and and I think that turns off someone like like us Sarah uh, Sarah Silverman at the uh, convention in 2016 she's like will you guys please just stop it yeah <laughs> oh, guys. yeah they're like so annoying like just what's wrong with you like go well it's really interesting elsewhere. because one of bernie's <laughs> big things is um shying away from quote identity politics whatever that means oh my god you. i saw the best tweet yesterday it was like by the way being white and male is an identity being working class is an identity being a worker quote unquote yes is being wealthy is an identity so Identity politics does not have to mean like, like black, Mexican, trans, like all these things. Like it doesn't have to mean those things. Right. Yeah. We, we all have identities, but there's a difference between an identity and a marginalized community. Right. And uh, these other, other candidates recognize that marginalization in society is what causes uh, class divisions, um, economic divisions and Bernie fundamentally says he doesn't really buy into that as an idea and um, it's really easy to say when you're a white man and when Mm. and he's uh, old like he's old he's not of this generation where like you were taught equality and and he was out of school by the time the civil rights movement was was over probably and he he kind of wars against capitalism uh but he has benefited greatly from capitalism as an individual he's very wealthy he has in three homes and that's and no combs yeah <laughs> three homes no combs yeah that should but, be his new slogan <laughs> but that guardian piece i referenced was talking about how elizabeth warren is another choice for people who supported bernie mm-hmm. not because they loved bernie in 2016 but because they just felt he aligned more ideologically with them and so people say well elizabeth warren fundamentally supports capitalism like she's called herself a capitalist and bernie is doesn't shy away from the socialist term. Okay, be that as then it may. Give your, how, give your home, Bernie. Uh, yeah. Give your extra homes to someone. Pool your resources. I don't know. But like, if you look at their ideological framework and their platforms, they're very, very similar. So to, to quibble about like the tiny little minute differences between them is just, in my mind, like I don't think it makes you sexist, but... If you're not even considering Warren at this point, then I think you have a bit or of a What about problem. Kamala? She's less progressive. I think that she gets a, a lot of shit for her background as a prosecutor. Mm-hmm. I, I, whether that's right. fair or not, whether a man mm-hmm. in the same position would get the same sort of scrutiny. I, I don't know. I think if a male prosecutor was running in this cycle, he would get quite a bit of scrutiny just because the party has moved so far left. Mm-hmm. But as a black woman, it's people almost want to have that gotcha. It's like, oh, you're a black prominent woman, but oh, you're not as progressive as you say you are. Like, gotcha. I don't understand why being a prosecutor, like for someone like her, 
has to be incompatible with being progressive. Well, for people in criminal justice reform and in the in that world, the prosecutor is like the chief cop. Mm-hmm. Right, but they're not the looking at it. But they're looking at that as like prosecutors in general, like the mm-hmm. stereotype. But like, she's just a woman who took a career path. Yeah, like yeah. I don't think that that she makes was her doing her like enforcing the laws that were written. She wasn't doing well, them new. by 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 her personal opinion. You know what I mean? Like she was making, you know, like the decisions or whatever that she was making based on the laws that were written, not how she personally felt about it. But now as a like she's always been, you know, against the death penalty. So it's like she's that's her personal opinion, but if the law was this person is getting the death penalty, I feel like she probably would fight against it, but whatever the law came to, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's just an example. Right. I mean, we have an assailant in the white in the White House. So I think that we can move on from Kamala's like prosecutorial sure. thing. Okay, just before we talk about like practical practically what we can do for these candidates, whoever does you support? Where do you stand on the question of like, I like this person, but I don't, or people, but, and their platform, but I don't think that they can beat Donald Trump, which let's be honest, most important thing here. So like, how do you reconcile that? How does one reconcile those two things? Like supporting the person who they agree with the most and, and like the most versus like, I like this person, but I actually think that someone else could beat Donald Trump. Well, the great thing is, is that no one can tell you how to vote. So Mm -hmm. you can decide which of those factors is more important to you. But also you don't, you're not necessarily going to be right. So you could bet on a, on a particular person, say Biden. So you're like, I don't know if I love Biden, but I think he has the best chance of beating Trump. You could be wrong. And then you voted for someone that you don't actually believe in, but that's your prerogative. Um, I, I personally, this early in the game, I would not suggest that. And I yeah. think that the primaries will work themselves out. Um, there's a extremely crowded field in 2016. No one expected Donald Trump is going to be the nominee for the Republican Party. You know, things sort of have their way of shaking he's, out. He's special. He's, he's a special. He's a once in a, a million years person, like yes. as a human. But I think that 2016 changed everything. And so we can't look at this upcoming election in the frame of the past because the past doesn't exist anymore. This Mm -hmm. is a whole new world. Oh, Jesus. So betting on a safe, moderate white guy to bring us back to the days of yore, that's just not realistic Mm -hmm. anyway. You know, even if Joe Biden beat Trump and he became the president, are are all the problems in our country just going to like melt away? Is white supremacy going to be tackled are those people that felt emboldened by this presidency just going to go quietly into the night with their stash of guns no (laughs) but but i do think that look i i think the division in this country is like a separate thing but i think the most important thing is that we have to get trump out of office because he's doing things that are making they're that are making the situation for the next person so much worse but like she said you like you you have to go upon how you feel vote for who you like who you support who you most identify with and then if they're not there at the end just support whoever's running against him like we can't i i think that's i think we can in in, in a certain instance look at the past when we see those obama trump voters uh switching like where they're where they're voting and i think that just i think these past few years and the idea of the future will bring people to not be like oh well never hillary i don't think we're going to get 
a big never never this person constituency again i i want to say that you're right based on all the people who like i socialize with and speak to and and who i know who are passionate about politics but the thing that i've always like thought was sort of off about the primary system is that you have a bunch of people who are passionate making a decision about who the non-passionate people are going to have to vote for. Mm-hmm. So you have people who are like really well informed, really educated, and they're making they're basically creating the choices for the vast vast majority of people who literally have no fucking idea what is going on. <laughs> no clue. I know Mike no Pence's clue. name recognition I, is like so low. They did a poll people, and like people have no idea who he is. Even people like I would say like in our office just mm-hmm. like no clue. Like, they heard about Jesse Smollett today, the day yeah. he got arrested. They didn't know. Like, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but it just, it's just sort of a reality that I think we have to face that, like, most people, not only do they not feel nearly as passionately about any of these people as we do, most of them don't, like, have a clue what Medicare for I, all. Like, yeah. I think if you think of it this way, think about how passionate people were about Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. And so if we're going into the primaries backing the people that we personally feel most passionate about, that's going to translate into yeah. other people. Right. But Pe- what get about your the friends to listen Donald to this podcast Trump, and make them more passionate. But what about the fact that Donald Trump is a con artist and this list of candid- Democratic candidates are like normal, stable individuals who are not running a con. They're running a campaign. So you have a con and a campaign. So it's like. I, I don't I just don't know if we can like apply the same standards of like how Donald Trump rose yeah. to normal people. Oh, I, I just mean as far as like if you look at 2016 and then the never Hillary people and the Bernie voters who refused to vote for her, she Hillary for all the amazing things she is in retrospect, had a lot of flaws. And I now see why some people mm-hmm. wouldn't have wanted to vote for her. I still can't really wrap my head around not voting for her when she was against Donald Trump. But in isolation, I understand. Yes. So I want to have someone in as the candidate that I can feel really good about saying, like, not only should you vote for them because they're not Donald Trump, but you should vote for them because they are who they are and the things they represent are actually going to help move our country forward. Definitely. So how do we, how do we, when you pick your candidate, how do we make sure that your candidate is the one? Also, the thing with Hillary is that she had literally decades of smears since the time she was first lady of Arkansas. We did like a whole first lady's bonus episode. You guys should listen to it. She was, she has decades of hatred. People grew up feeling like she was Hitler. Yeah. Or, or just grew up with her having feelings in general. Like she was so present. This is a, a really besides Bernie, really like a newish group of people. It's good. And, um, you know, there's only so many times they can say Pocahontas about Elizabeth Warren before it gets really old. Like, I don't think that's going to last for 20 months. They're going to, I I mean, you're overestimating the intelligence of people. They're going to keep saying it, but I mean, as much the, the punch that it packs, I don't think it's going to, hold the same amount we'll see i think you hang out with a lot of liberal people (laughs) (laughs) okay let's talk about let's talk about how you can get involved with these candidates pick the one you're passionate about you picked them how do we get involved with them so um this is for people who feel like they really want to pick a i don't like saying horse because i hate referring this as a horse race pick a candidate in this race at this point to really throw your weight behind um and i think there are a few ways to do this a number of the front runner candidates like 
um, Elizabeth Warren and uh, Cory Booker and Kamala Harris, they, you can go to their websites and they have forms where you can just you know put in your email and say, I want to volunteer. And they'll get in touch with you about different events coming up and, and like kind of the preliminary types of things. You're, you're not going to be knocking doors yet. We're, we're not quite there yet. But it's just sort of the early like sowing the seeds, you know, starting to talk to people about this candidate. It's a good time to get involved because it's not that much commitment yet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you want to crush 2020, so a little call back to crush the midterms um (laughs) i uh i would say now is the time you know if you want to convince people start early you know if you really like someone at this point like say you're really really into uh cory booker at this point you need to start talking to your friends and family and your colleagues about like what you think is good about him Mm -hmm. but um short of actually going straight to the campaigns I think now is a great time to zero in on the issues that are most important to you. And by volunteering around those issues, you're actually supporting a candidate in a sort of non-direct way. So, for example, um, Medicare for all is Bernie Sanders. You know, he, that was he campaigned on that in 2016. It he, he lost. It hasn't happened clearly in our Republican Congress. Um, a lot of the candidates are figuring out how to put their arms around that and like promote that as a policy. But you know, uh, if you volunteer with the Democratic Socialists of America, they have a specific Medicare for all program. So volunteering around that specifically. Okay. So um, where should you go to do that? Um, so if you want to do that, uh, you can go to medicareforall.dsausa.org. Um, so again, that's Medicare for all dsa.usa.org so that's just one route that you can take um then another thing is uh i don't know how much everyone knows about the abolished ice movement but Mm -hmm. it's to abolish immigration and customs enforcement which has been really instrumental in detaining kids at the border and deporting people um, all around the country and it's just a really destructive agency that hasn't been around all that long so it's not like it's been it's not like the cia like we could get rid of ice Right. It's or not you could just scrap it and start a new enforcement that would like be fairer. I just don't understand why we need an ICE and the Border Patrol. The answer I, is that we don't. There yeah. definitely needs to be some sort of like security with immigration. Like, let's be but honest. But in terms like, of like the southern border, does it need to be ICE? I don't. We also that's don't think that's so. why we have Border Patrol. We also have right. the NSA. We also have Homeland Security, and we have all yeah. these agencies. We can yeah. just help build out those homeland security was only started after 9-11 that's not old that old either wow. right so it's like these institutions aren't that ingrained in our government they've just because of terrorism and and just the post 9-11 yeah, yeah post 9-11 ptsd we said okay government just take control mm-hmm. but candidates like kirsten Gillibrand, she said even before she was a candidate that she is in favor of abolishing ice and that, that earned her a lot of lefty cred. Um, so if you are interested in doing that, you can volunteer with an organization like uh, Mi Gente, which is, um, they've been working for years on this issue. This predates the, the hashtag, you know, Abolish Ice and, and when it became popular last year. Um, so if you were interested in volunteering with them, you can go to members.mijente, that's M-I-J-E-N-T-E dot net. Um, they're a really amazing organization and they have uh, a lot of women of color running things are on the front lines and they like have actual solutions for for how to get this done Mm -hmm. really that's great so you're saying so just to like encapsulate what you said it's basically like pick the issues that are important for you and help volunteering with those issues 
that can be the immediate thing. Yes, because we have that luxury right now. You yeah. d- don't actually have to volunteer specifically for a candidate. Even if you have a candidate in mind, if you know that they support this certain issue, like you mentioned Kamala Harris and the death penalty, mm-hmm. there's all sorts of volunteering you can do around abolishing the death penalty. If, if that's sort of where that's in your wheelhouse, that's in your area of interest, who's to say if that organization will ultimately support Kamala Harris as, as the, the person that they want, but like you're helping create a change in the world that this person has said that they also want to see in the world. Right. So you're sort of like working in tandem. But so this is, this is all to say that it's not too early to get involved in a specific way. And so you can research your candidates, really get to know everything about their policy positions and be a really informed voter really early on. Mm -hmm. Don't wait till we're knocking on the door of the first primaries when things are already looking a little bit predestined. I mean, anything can still happen in the primaries, but you have the chance right now to help elevate a person that you actually believe in. And just because you pick someone now, you can change your mind. You didn't vote. You're not voting yet, Mm -hmm. which is an amazing thing. You can have an Elizabeth Warren moment, and then you can have a Kamala Harris moment, and then you can end up voting for Tulsi Gabbard. (laughs) 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 That that was for you, Sam. No, guys. Just listen. Like, ignore this bitch. (laughs) Well, sorry, yeah. anyone's a supporter. <laughs> Although, like, I don't think any Russian bots are listening to this. So, okay, this has been a great episode. Yeah, Marissa, thank you so much for coming. This has been so informative. I felt better at a lot of points in this conversation. Oh, I'm because you're talking to people like you. Well, uh, no, but she no, the, no. There was other things that she said. Right I know. Uh, before the mentoring, I also I feel said better I, talking I had a great feeling. Too. Oh, thanks, yeah. you guys. Yeah. Well, group hug. <laughs> it's because we all agree with each other. Yeah, I'm excited <laughs> for more of these bonus episodes. Me yes. too. Please, if you are listening, and you probably are because you're listening, um, <laughs> let us know what types of activist topics you'd want us to get into. Climate change, gun control. It could literally be, literally be anything, and we will research it for you, and we will do a bonus episode so that on specific topics so you can become more informed, and we can help you figure out how to get involved. Yeah. Let's fucking do it, guys. Mm-hmm. Let's fucking do yeah, it. Let's fucking do it. Well, nice tie-in, right? All right. Um, so until the end of democracy, we hope not. I'm Sammy Fishby. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And this has been the Betcha Sub Podcast. Goodbye. Betches.